Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Turn your Bibles to Habakkuk. Say this with me. Today, I receive the Word of God, the prophet me, and reproof me, convict me, and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Here in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, and make it plain on the tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Basically what it's saying is that when it comes, it'll come like a suddenly. And so in order for it to come like a suddenly, we must also prepare ourselves for the vision. Preparation always precedes manifestation. And this time of year, we like to encourage you to write the vision down. The last couple years, we put it on a bulletin board, you know, in an envelope, and we've prayed over it as it's come. Well, we're going to do something a little different. We want you to write your vision down. Write down what you have a desire in your heart to see God do in 2022 in your life. And we're going to pray over those, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. We're going to pray over your visions. We encourage you to put it somewhere where you can see it on a regular basis and remind yourself of what you have in your heart for God to do for you in your life. It's so important that we begin to cultivate what God's put in our hearts. A few years ago, probably about two years ago, right before uh, the COVID outbreak happened, the Lord spoke this to my heart. He said, those things that I intended for you these last 20 years, I will do in a year. And uh, boy, I tell you what, some, something just happened. Something snapped in the spirit realm for me. I sensed it. I saw it. And boy, things just started to begin to accelerate around here. And uh, it just, uh, everything was being put in place, and then COVID happened. So there was a little bit of delay. And, you know, as it says in here in in Habakkuk, it is an appointed time, though it tarries, wait for it. Now, if I would have let this thing with COVID, you know, stop me and say, well, now it can't come to pass. We've lost all our momentum. No, we just kept on cultivating it and saying it and declaring, you know, God wants to do something. He wants to do it quickly. And so then uh, when my wife and I were praying at the first of the year, she got this word, and that was, this is an intentional year. This is an intentional year. And it is doable. And that goes right along with what I intended to do these last 20 years, I will do in a year. And so we need to cultivate these words that God gives us. Yes, we got a word through uh, Dr. Jerry Savelle that there is an, you know, overwhelming, unprecedented overwhelming of the goodness of God. And we begin to declare that, you know, and we also know that the favor of God's on this house and we cultivate that. But let's cultivate what God's doing because God wants to do something great in your life this year. And I believe that with my whole heart. I believe he has something special just 
for you. And you know, one of the things that we can see, so we can look through the Word of God, we can see some biblical promises that God gave, such as the children of Israel. Hey, you're going to go into the promised land. But we know that there was a 40-year delay. But even though there was a 40-year delay, did God ultimately complete what he said he was going to do? In the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verse 28, the expanded Bible said, says it like this. So say to them, the Lord God says, none of my words will be delayed anymore. What I've said, the word I've spoken, will be done, says God. And I believe that's for us today. None of God's words are going to be delayed anymore. Whatever the hindrance was, whatever the delay was, is now being removed supernaturally in the spiritual realm. And don't let the disappointment stop you from obtaining what God has or obtaining your divine appointment. And that's one of the things that disappointments do. They begin to cause you to have a mindset that would make you think, well, it's probably not going to come to pass now because it didn't come to pass in the appointed time that you thought it should come to pass. Or maybe it didn't come to pass because there was a delay like that with the children of Israel. Don't let the disappointment separate you from your God-given appointment and keep on cultivating that by declaring what God says God will do. This is a doable year. Tell your neighbor it's a doable year. And so we want to unify with you. We want to unite with you for your vision, for your desire, for your plans, for God's plans for your life, because we know that the plans and purposes that God has for our lives are much greater than what we can even imagine or think, because he can do the exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. I hasn't seen, the scripture says, nor ear has heard what God has in store for you. And it's a good thing. God wants to see you not only be an overcomer, but be tremendously victorious in all that you do. One of his promises is everything that you put your hands to shall prosper. Can I hear an amen in this house? So let's unite. Let's look at a couple other scriptures of of what God said here in Joshua chapter 21 in verse 45 the Lord was speaking to them and this is what he said here in verse uh, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 40, 45 not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel all came to pass but when did it come to pass 40 years later 40 years later. Now, unfortunately, what delayed it was the rebellion of 10 spies, you know, and the people getting in agreement with them. But aren't you glad that somebody else's rebellion cannot stop God's promise for you? Let me say that one more time. Someone else's rebellion cannot stop God's plan for you. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse uh, three, it says, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, being ready to punish disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And just because of somebody else's disobedience may, may have tried to hinder, may have tried to block, maybe their disobedience affected you a little bit, your obedience, say your obedience, your obedience will snuff out their, so their disobedience. Your obedience will stop 
whatever their disobedience intended to happen in your life. Isn't that awesome? So all you have to do is just obey God. Obey the word of God. You don't have to worry about somebody else's disobedience. That's on them. But it's up to you to be obedient, to follow after God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your will and your strength. You know? And when you do that and you're obedient to the things of God, you destroy, you annihilate as if it doesn't exist. It will not hinder the plan of God for your life. So I'm going to say it one more time. Aren't you glad that someone else's disobedience cannot affect God's plan for your life? And this is one of the things that disappointments have a tendency to do. Disappointments has a tendency to cause us to look at somebody and create a mindset of, well, because of them, I cannot be what God called me to be. And therefore, we have this mindset that because of what other people do, it's hindered me from being what God wants me to be. And that's the whole purpose of disappointments. That's why when Jesus was confronted by Peter, when, when Peter told everybody, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, and, and, and Jesus was, was saying, you know, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, there in Matthew chapter 16, you know, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. And then Jesus began to share with the disciples. He said, listen, guys, you know, I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to have to go on the cross. And Peter took him aside and rebuked the Lord. He didn't want the Lord to go through these things. Well, what was Jesus' appointment? to go to the cross. Isn't that correct? What was Peter attempting to do? He was attempting to cause a disappointment or sever the appointment that God had for Jesus. And so what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me. And so what is a disappointment? A disappointment is a stumbling block, it's an offense, it's something that could stop you or trap you or trip you up from achieving your God-given appointment. And so what did Jesus say? Get behind me. Why? Because as long as the disappointment is in front of you, or you have that mindset of because of somebody else, I can't fulfill, or because of what other people have done, I can't do. As long as you have that mindset, until you put it behind you, you will never ever be able to see or have that real faith to go forward and achieve what God has for your life. So he said, get behind me. He wasn't really speaking to, to Peter. He was speaking to the temptation of the disappointment to hinder him. But he did say this to Peter. He said, Peter, the problem is that you're mindful of things of men, not things of God. And when you begin to focus on what men have done and not what God wants to do, again, it will create that disappointment in your life, but you need to remember that God's plan is to fulfill every word, every purpose, every desire that he has for your life. Here in Joshua chapter 23, verse 14, it says, Behold, this day I'm giving you the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you, not one word of them failed. Not one word that God has for your life can fail. Not one purpose that God has for your life can fail. Not one divine appointment God has for your life can fail. Maybe it can be delayed, but it can't fail because once God said it, it's going to happen. Hello, somebody. God has that great plan for your life. 
Well, you know, pastor, things happen. Yes, I do understand things happen, but we have to understand. We have to say to those disappointments, get behind us in the name of Jesus so we can fulfill the God-given appointment that he has for our lives. And I think one of the greatest things we need to do, as Habakkuk says here, is write the vision down. And I encourage you, go write the vision down. Go home, take the next couple of weeks, because again, we're going to have Lyndon here next uh, Sunday, but then the following Sunday, we're going to lay hands on those visions. We're going to lay hands on those desires. We're going to join our hearts with you. We're going to unify with you that these things that God's put in your hearts are going to come to pass. You know, and I believe one of the things that we need to do is unify so that we can fulfill the vision. What happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 1 and 2? The Bible says they were all in one accord. We're not talking about a Honda here. We're talking about they were unified. Okay? They were all unified, 120 people, all in accord, all in agreement, praying the same thing, saying the same thing. This is why it's so important that we all pray the same thing. Yes, you may have an individual word for you, but you know what? If we unify and begin to declare the word of the Lord for this church, that this is going to be an intentional year, a doable year, I'm telling you, great things are going to happen. And when great things happen in the house of God, great things begin to happen in your house. And so that's why we want to unify and speak all the same things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul's uh, pleading with the Corinthians, and he says it like this, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And so this is why we're putting out there, this is an intentional year, a doable year. So we're all speaking the same thing. Well, now, Pastor, can God speak something to me for, for myself? Absolutely, for you. You know, there's no grandchildren in the kingdom of God. There's only children in the kingdom of God. But for this house, we want all of us to begin to declare this is an intentional year. Let's say it together. This is an intentional year. This is a doable year. If you're online watching, say it out loud. For Family Worship Center, let's say it together. For Family Worship Center, this is an intentional year. This is a doable year. Amen. We're going to see some great and mighty things this year, you know, uh, through this house. We're so excited about what God's doing, you know. He's, he's got a great plan for us. And so as we begin, all begin to speak the same things, we're, we're you're united in the same vision. See, true leadership, true leadership seeks to unite and not to divide. That's what true leadership does, okay? And division sometimes is just having two different visions, you know? And this is why God puts a head on top, in, in, in an organization like a church, you have a head, you know, and so the head, you know, sees, and the head hears, and the head tastes, and the head smells, and the head feels, but from the neck down, it's all about the body, and all the body has, the only sense that the body has is feelings, 
You know, and that's why we can't always go by feelings. Pastor, I feel this way or I feel that way. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, but you know what? The head gives vision. The head hears from God. The head smells, you know, hey, this is the fragrance of the Lord. The head says, oh, taste and see, this is the goodness of God. And so the head brings everything to unity in the body of Christ. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to us, this is an intentional year. Wow, what does that mean? That means that that goes along with the word God gave us a couple years ago. Those things that I planned on doing. You know, I mean, what would have happened to the children of Israel after 20 years? They said, you know what? I just don't see this happening anymore. I just give up. And they all gave up. Could they have gone to the promised land? God would have had to raise up another generation to fulfill his word. You know, God is very capable of fulfilling his word. He'll do it his way, the way he wants to do it. But I don't know about you, I don't want to miss out. I want to be on what God has. You know, I want to be in that cutting edge. I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to see what God has for me. I want to experience all that God has for me. I don't want to be left out. I want to be on the cutting edge, and if that means the the vision has to tarry, then so be it. But you know what? There's a suddenly coming our way. And I believe that this year we're going to see lots of suddenlies in our lives, not only in this church, but in your lives personally also. Can I hear an amen? amen? So what do we need to do? Well, we need to pray together. Let's pray together. You know, somebody asked about our corporate prayer. We're going to be starting that back up here pretty soon. But we wanted to get our home groups uh, solidified before we started the corporate prayer group back up. And so we'll be starting corporate prayer group here soon again. We'll be announcing about that. But let's pray together. Let's pray for one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's believe together. Let's believe together. This is going to be the best year that you've ever had. You know, let's believe that this is going to be the best year you ever had. You know, 2021 wasn't bad for me, you know, but I didn't focus on all the negative things. In fact, I watched less news than I ever have in my entire life, you know. I mean, I really guarded my eye gates, my ear gates, you know, and, and the same thing with social media. I really don't, don't you know, really worked at not trying to uh, the the. the Look at stuff, excuse me, look at stuff on social media because, you know, some of that stuff can be negative. It can, you know, dis- just discourage you and make you feel like is there, there hope. But I tell you what, just keeping myself in, in, embedded in the Word of God, focused on what God says and not what the world says. And, you know, 2021 was a pretty good year for me. It was a pretty good year for this church. I thank God. You know, one of the best years we've had in a long time, and I'm very, very thankful for that. But it didn't happen by accident. It happened because we chose to believe that 2021 was going to be a good year for us despite what was going on in our economy and in our world or in any type of pandemic that was going on. So let's validate what God's doing together. Let's encourage one another. Hey, if God's doing something in somebody's life, let's encourage them. Let's encourage them to keep on pressing in. Let's encourage them to keep on trusting the Word of God. Let's possess and take the kingdom of God together. Boy, that's important. Let's take this kingdom of God. Let's walk in that righteousness and that peace and that joy of the Holy Ghost. 
So it's time that we unite our passions, our desires, and our visions in order for us to achieve the greater things that God has for us. So we're, we're going to be praying for your visions. We're going to be praying for uh, God's plans and God's purposes to be done in your life. Well, one of the keys to seeing this, to, to see vision to come together is prayer. Go with me to Luke chapter 11. Are we doing okay this morning? I'm glad I came to church this morning. In Luke chapter 11, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And I've often said this, but I really believe what they were saying was, you know, I want to be an effective prayer. James 5.16 says, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I want to be effective prayer. I want to be one of those people that when I pray, I see it happen, you know, I want to know when I pray that something's in motion. I want to know when I pray that, 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 that it, it, it has changed things. You know, a lot of times prayer changes me and puts me in a posture so I can receive what God has for me. But I want to know that my prayers are effective. And so Jesus said, when you pray, say, and it's important that we say and we declare what God says we can have because we're in his image and his likeness. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. So we know that Jesus said to pray, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, do you believe Jesus answers the prayer? Do you believe Jesus taught us to pray this prayer so we can just wonder if it's going to happen? No, Jesus wants us to experience heaven on earth. You know, he wants, us to, he wants to give us our daily bread. What that tells me is have a daily walk with God. Well, what, what, what's going to happen, you know, Pastor? You know, is, is Jesus coming anytime soon? Well, you know, I know he's coming back, and I believe he's coming back soon. But you know what? I'm going to take it one day at a time because this is the way he taught us to pray. Give me my day today. Fulfill my need today. What are, what's your need today? You know, don't worry about tomorrow, next year, or, or, or 10 years from now. What is your need today? Ask him to bless the, your needs today. Meet your needs today. You know, and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who's indebted us and lead us not in temptation. What that really means is that, you know, declare that I'm not going to allow temptation to lead me. I'm not going to be led by temptation. And I want to let you know that one of my greatest temptations, and you know I'm transparent, here it goes. Everybody got your hearing out. You really listen. I'm going to confess my sins to you, and that is to do things in my own strength. I know I let some of you down. You wanted some really good gossip, ooey gossip there, didn't you? But anyway, but no, I mean, really, kind of like Peter, sometimes I get in that mindset, I'm mindful of men and not things of God. And I tried to get my own strength, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. You know, I begin to think, well, how can I turn this thing around? And how can I, you know, and then I'll hear, you know, after I've, you know, wasted a good five or ten minutes thinking about how I can turn this around or how I could change some things or whatever. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, well, why don't you just trust in the Lord? Oh, yeah. Yeah, why don't I just trust in the Lord, you know? And as I begin to declare, you know, I'm not going to be led by temptation, I declare that's one of my weaknesses. I declare I'm not going to be led but to do things in my own strength. 
And that's really helped me out greatly, and I hope that helps somebody here who may have certain temptations that are hindering you in your life. And so that's he said, you know, don't allow us to be led by, our, our, by temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And we know Psalms 91, you know, it talks about how he has delivered us from the pestilence by days and the arrows by night, you know. And, and though a thousand fall on my side and ten thousand my right hand, none of these things shall come upon on me, glory to God. And so we need to meditate more on Psalms 91 from time to time. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Then he goes on here in verse 5. Look at this with me. Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves? You know, he's still talking about prayer here. He's still teaching the disciples how to pray here. They said, teach us to pray and so he's still teaching him how to pray. He says, which one of you have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and says, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed and I cannot rise and give to you. And I say, though he will not rise and give to him because he's his friend, but yet because of his persistence, his persistence, his persistence, you know, his willingness not to give up, his willingness to keep on pushing, his willingness to keep on pressing in. He will rise and give him as many as he, what? Needs. You know, he'll give him as many as he needs. So obviously this guy who doesn't have any bread has a friend who must have a bakery or something in his house or something, you know. And so he comes over, he says, hey, listen, well, listen, we're, we're, we're closed. He said, I can't help it. I need something. I need something. I need something, you know. And there's a scripture that, that Jesus talked about, and it took me a little bit to understand this, and I was just sharing with Vicky what God showed me about it. But you know, the, uh, and I don't remember exactly where the reference is at, but, but Jesus talked about, you know, don't be like those who, uh, the Pharisees who, uh, through vain repetition, you know, pray for themselves, and I got to thinking about that. What was vain repetitions? You know, vain repetitions like, oh, God, you know, I know you made me sick to teach me something. That's a vain repetition. Oh, God, it's such a hard thing out there in the world. That's just a vain reputation. You know, it's vain because, number one, God didn't make you sick. Number two, God created you to be an overcomer. You know, that's, that's what vain repetition is. It's not saying the same thing over and over and over again. You know, well, you know, if you, if you, I've heard somebody say, well, if you had to pray more than once, you weren't in faith the first time. Baloney. Because it says, whosoever says unto this mountain, or keeps on saying to this mountain, you know, keep on cultivating. And as you begin to declare what God says over and over and over again, you'll begin to, that'll begin to manifest in your life. And so he said, because of his persistence, you know, the guy got up and answered him and gave him as many as he needs. Well, he's still talking about prayer here in verse 9. And so he said, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find, and knock, and it will be open." So if you're taking notes, write this down. Put ask on the first line. Put, I mean, A on the first line, S on the second line, and K on the third line. A is for ask, S is for seek, and K is for knock. How cool is that? In other words, you know what? We have not because we ask not. And sometimes we don't ask big enough. We need to, we need to ask God to expand our thinking. 
You know, we get that revelation that we are the sons of God. That's why this prayer is so powerful. Our Father, ma'am, I mean, you, you're, you're his son. You know, and, and your heavenly Father wants good things for you. You know, we, 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 boy, open our eyes, God, that we can see, that we can understand, that we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. We have these unalienable inheritances and promises that you have for us. Oh, help us open up our eyes, God. It's through covenant that we have these things. It's through your love that we have these things. It's, it's what you desire for us, oh God. Open our eyes, ask. And once we ask, we need to begin to seek. So ask, we ask by declaring the, by the, by, uh, declaring the word with authority. You know, when you uh, pray according to the word of God or you pray according to the will of God, you know God has already answered your prayer. That's why it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, 3, according to his divine power, he has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's why it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, I think verse 5, it says, cast all your cares on, on him for he careth for you. What does that really mean? That means he's already taken care of it. Everything that you could ever want, everything that you could ever possibly need, everything that you would ever desire, he already has it for you. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Everything that you want, everything that you need, you know, in abundance, he already has for you to receive. And so when you pray according to his will, then you should have this confidence. That's what 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15 says. And I'm going to share it out of the expanded Bible. It says, and this is the boldness and the confidence that we have in God's presence. That if we ask anything, for anything that agrees with what he wants, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us every time we ask him, and whatever we ask, we know we have what we have asked from him. So, you know, when we begin to declare, you know, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I thank you, Lord God, that, you know, no sickness or disease can come nigh unto me. I thank you, Father God. You know, what, what are we doing? We're, 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 we're asking by declaring or, or putting into motion with our words what God has already provided for us. And that's what it means to ask. It means to ask with authority. Hey, in the name of Jesus, sickness go. You know, it's just like, you know, the, 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 uh, 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 um, the story of the, uh, of the lady who was waiting at the bus stop and, and her dog followed her there, you know, and she said, go home, go home, you know, go home. And uh, the bus was about ready to pull up and go home. The bus pulled up, the door opened, the dog started going, and she turned around and said, I said get! And the dog turned around with the tail between the leg and went home. You know, well, you know, sometimes you just can't say to the devil, well, just leave me. You know, just quit leaving. I'm a child of God. Just quit, quit, quit messing with me. No, sometimes you got to rise up and say, I command you in the name of Jesus out of my house, out of my mind, out of my life. In Jesus' name, I said, get. Sometimes you just have to do it with authority. 
You know, you know, I mean, you know, you can be timid if you want, but I tell you what, you have the authority. Jesus said he's given you all authority over the power of the enemy, and by no means shall anything harm you. He's equipped you that way, and besides that, you're a son of God. You know, and as a son of God, God's not going to let no enemy come and mess with his children. God forbid he ain't going to let him mess with you. Tell your neighbor, God's not going to let the devil mess with you. So we seek. The Holy Spirit, send me, lead me to the open door. You know, Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what do we do? We seek. You know, we've asked. Now we start seeking. We begin to look. And one of the things that we have to be very cautious of is that though God may have blessed us one way before, he may choose to bless us a different way or another way you know, at other times. You know, and so we have to be cautious not to preconceive how God's going to bless us or bring the answer to our lives. You know, I read about these two women who were praying for revival over in, uh, in, 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 in uh, uh, Scotland, I believe it was, Ireland or Scotland, one of those places, you know, and boy, they were praying and they were praying and they are praying and revival hit, you know, and revival didn't come the way they thought it would come and revival came in a different church that they thought it would come and they never were a part of it. You know, because they totally miss it. Oh, God, open our eyes that we may see the answer. You know, God may bring an answer, you know, in a, a, a mysterious way or, or a way that you weren't, uh, you know, anticipating. That's why we have to seek. We can't be closed-minded to God to say, you know, you only can do it one way. God can do it any way he wants to do it. And let him do it any way he wants to do it. You know? Let him do it any way he wants to do it. You know, God can use any vessel he wants to use. You know, I mean, you know, if he, I mean, if, you have, he, if he has to put a gold mine in your backyard, he can put a gold mine in your backyard. I mean, dear Lord, you know, is anything too hard for God? Glory to God. I can see some of you getting your shovels out already and starting to dig. Anyway, but we need to seek. We need to really seek. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to him uh, must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Open my eyes, God, to see all your benefits. You know, the Scripture says he loads you daily with benefits. Daily. Daily. You know, and, and how many days have gone by that I haven't counted the daily benefits that he's given me? Many, many, many. Why? Because I wasn't really looking. But you know what? I bet that if we just ask God to help us seek and see the benefits that he has us, we'll begin to see more and more of his benefits on a regular basis. Open my eyes, God, to see these daily benefits that you load me with. You know, that's his desire. He desires to bless you daily with uh, benefits. Knock. Knock means to pursue. You know, and sometimes, you know, it means to take a step of faith to see if that is an open door. Sometimes, well, that door didn't open for me. Well, you know what? If one door closes, God can open up another door. I really believe it was in prayer one time when I was praying, you know, you know, when the enemy comes against me one way, he'll flee seven different ways. I believe the way the Lord showed to me this way. He said, you know what? When the devil closes one door, I'm going to open up seven different doors for you. Whoa. I mean, you know, 
If he can't make it through one, can he make it through seven? At least one of them you can get through, huh? Hello, somebody. Seven different ways God's going to make a way for you. Glory to God. I'll show that devil to stop trying to stop me. Amen. He's going to make a way for you. Glory to God. And so we need to be persistent. We need sometimes take a step of faith. You know, and as it said right here, anticipate as many as you need. What did he say? He got up and gave them as many as he what? Needed. Wow. He didn't know how long this guy was going to stay. He just kind of showed up, you know, and he wasn't prepared for him. So he went and says, you know, hey, I need, I need enough for me and, and this, this guy who came and saw me in the middle of the night. So the, there's an endless supply, as many as you need. Well, let this also be a year where you begin to expect gifts and surprises. Gifts and surprises. Not only for God to meet your need, but why not God give you gifts and surprises? You know, every so often, we like to just do something special for our kids and our grandkids. We'll just send them a gift and surprise them with it. You know, not just because they're, they're so good and so wonderful. They're my kids, and you know they are. But nevertheless, you know, just because we want to just give them gifts and surprises and just love them a little bit. Well, how much more would your Heavenly Father want to do that for you? You need to begin to expect gifts and surprises, things out of the ordinary. God just blessing you just because he's God. Ephesians 3.20 says it like this in the expanded Bible. Glory be to God who can, who can, now to the one who is able to do much, much more than anything we can ask or imagine through his working power in us. Wow. Think about that that we can even imagine. How, how big is your imagination? The Amplified says it like this. Now to him who by his consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think indefinitely beyond our highest prayers, desire, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. So how big can you dream? How big can you see? Somebody say, Lord, expand my vision. Somebody say, Lord, expand my vision. Expand me, God, to see the way you see. Help me to wrap my head around, Lord, that you want to do great things for me. I want to be a part of that. Yes, you can use me. Little old me, yes, little old you. God can use little old Well, you don't know where I come from. Neither does God because he's forgotten all that you've come from. Amen. He knows where you're going to. Glory to God. That's his plan for your life. Little is much and when God's in it, the scripture says, and God is in you and he can do much in you. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a big shout in this place. So take owner, owner of the vision of this house as you begin to grow your own vision. Make it yours. Make increase yours. What will happen if you put your faith to increase in order to increase the house? So together we'll see more than we can imagine, experience more of God's glory and presence, and see more, uh, more to come that God has for our lives. Now I just want to share one other thought that I had that just really blessed me today as I was praying and in John chapter 6, 67, you know, and, and, and this was just so cool. I mean, it just kind of hit me, and it's a brand new thought that I really believe came from the Lord, okay? And in John chapter 6, 67, you know, Jesus had just told all his disciples, he said, you know, uh, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have a part of me, and almost everybody left. And uh, then 
it was just Jesus and the disciples, and he said to the disciples, do you all want to leave too? You know, and so many times we've heard it taught like this. In fact, I think I've taught it this way, and, and, and maybe the Lord kind of corrected me and, uh, and, and shared with me. Maybe I wasn't teaching it cor- correctly you know, the way I used to teach it, but then it's like, well, where else are we going to go? I mean, we gave up everything for you. You know, that's the way we taught it, but that's not what they really said. You know, they had somewhere to go. I mean, you know, when Jesus, um, when Jesus was crucified, was raised from the dead, you know, they didn't know what to do. They went back to fishing. They had somewhere to go, you know. So that's not what they said. What they said was, no, Lord, we know that you have, you know, the word of life. We're not going anywhere. We're committed to this thing, is what they said. We're committed to this thing, not because we don't have anywhere to go. They had somewhere to go. They can come back to fishing again, and they didn't later on in life. No, they said, we're committed. We know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We know that you have the words of life. We're committed to this thing all the way to the end. And who did he end up using? He ended up using 11 of the 12, didn't he? Every one of them did great exploits for the kingdom of God. So what's it take for us to really see all that God has for our lives? Even in the difficult times, the hard sayings, and this was a hard saying at the time, they didn't understand communion. They didn't understand the bread and the the, the cup and how that was all going to come together. They didn't understand what he really meant symbolically, you know, taking of the wine and of the bread. You know, they didn't understand all that at that time. They couldn't wrap their heads around it. They weren't ready. They weren't even born again. They weren't even into the kingdom of God yet. So how could they understand? And it was such a hard saying, but yet they were committed. And sometimes in life there are some things that are going to be thrown at us that we don't understand. But don't let that stop you from being committed. You know, begin to let God begin to reveal that to you. If one day he will, he will reveal it to you. He, will, he really will reveal it to you. And the more that you press into God, the more you begin to just, you know, press into things of God, the more God will show you what his plans and his purposes for your life. And he'll fool you on this. You know, God, forgive me for sharing it the way I, for, I used to share it. Well, where else were they going to go? They uh, we sold out everything. You know, we don't have any place to go. But that wasn't the truth. The truth is that, that what they said to Jesus, no, doesn't really matter if it's a hard saying. doesn't matter if everybody else doesn't follow you. We're committed to this thing. How many of you would say that about what God's putting in your own life, in your own heart? I'm committed. I'm committed to see the increase. I'm committed to see the, this is an intentional year. I'm committed to say it's a doable year. I'm committed to see all that God has for me, my house, and my church house. How many of you would say I'm committed to that same thing? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So what we want you to do is we want you to, you know, write your vision down, and we'll pray over them. And they'll lay hands on them. And we're going to give you a couple of weeks again. We've got Lyndon Allen coming next week. And uh, I know he's got a great word for all of us. He just really is a blessing to the body of Christ. And, uh, and then the following, the last Sunday, I believe that's January 30th, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll pray over your vision. You can just put them in an envelope or whatever, however you want to do it. If you want to have it all out on a big piece of, you know, uh, cardboard or, or something like that and, you know, staple it to your wall or, you know, super glue it to your refrigerator or whatever you want to do. 
you know, so that you see in our regular race, we want to pray over your vision. And we want to agree this year is an intentional year, not only for this house, but for you. And it's a doable year by the grace and power of God. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.